Hello and welcome to episode 20 of the Running Technique Tips podcast. My name is Brian Martin and today we're going to be recapping Lisa's amazing New York City marathon experience um, and she joins me now from New York City in her very small hotel room. Hello, Lisa. Hello. I'm also a bit bedridden. My legs are shot to bits. <laughs> it's uh, Wow, it's a long way, isn't it? It is a long way. There's, yeah, that's. I think that's the best description of a marathon. It is a long way. Oh gosh, we were standing on the start line yesterday, and uh, I wasn't really that nervous after all. Go back through my week that didn't turn out anything like I had imagined it would. But um, I turned to my husband, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is actually happening!" <laughs> <laughs> Just that realization of something you've t- spoken about for so long. You've actually got to do it. <laughs> yeah, it's kind uh, of overwhelming. Be- before we get into the recap, I-, I think you know we should just quickly wrap on your um, your performance. So you, I've got your official time at three hours fourteen fifty two. Um, yeah. So congratulations on that. That is an amazing first marathon performance, and I believe that you were three hundred and six. Yeah, out of twenty two thousand females in the race. So that's a it's an amazing stat. Yeah, look, I was. Was, well, was I happy with it? I was under the circumstances. So it was absolute PB. I'll take that. Uh, yeah, there was a couple of days during the week. I honestly didn't even think I would get to the start line, let alone the finish line. So, um, yeah, look, it's credible and I'm pretty excited. It's more than to- credible. Come on. <laughs> it's pretty no, amazing. No, no, it is. It is. It's really good. Um, and appropriately, you now have the fastest marathon PB <laughs> on our little podcast. So I, I think that was uh, long overdue for that to happen. So you know, well done. Look, there were parts throughout the race that um, I did think about that, to be honest. <laughs> Your mind goes to some strange places when you've got 42Ks to think about things. Um, but a couple of reasons, because there were so many signs along the course with people like cheering for a Brian. So I was yep. either a lot of Brian's doing the race, it was a really popular name, but I swear <laughs> every, every K there would be a Go Brian sign. Cool. I might no. do a bit of searching on the results after and find out this tribe of Brian. <laughs> See how many Brian's there were because there are a hell of a lot of signs or maybe I was just really drawn to them. I'm not sure. And I did think a couple of times, especially when I ran into, you know, a few demons as I was supposed to do on the marathon and I thought, Going like I've actually I've got to beat three thirty six. That's right. Brian's <laughs> like, catching nothing, me if I stop. Nothing else in the world matters. <laughs> Very good. Now um, I think we should rewind actually and do the story so far because you arrived in New York about a week before the race, and you went there off a pretty Spartan kind of taper. You'd done very little running because of your sore ITB related knee pain. Um, and you kind of sort of recovered from that, but then you arrived in New York and what happened next? Yeah, well, it certainly wasn't the uh, the happily, happily ever after story. So actually on the Monday went for um, a run to really test the knee. This was before we flew out and uh, the knee felt okay. It was a bit grumbly at about 5Ks. I ended up doing 12Ks. But overall, I actually felt okay. It was sort of 4.47 pace. And I thought, yeah, you know what? Like, it's all on track. I'm confident. Get on that plane. Let's do this. Uh, the week before, my husband had had a bit of a, well, I think it was a throat infection. So he was bedridden for a couple of days, fevers, sore throat. And at the time, I didn't really think anything of it. Um, just my mind was so focused on finishing up work and uh, getting ready for the trip. And then Monday night, my throat started to get a little bit sore. And again, I didn't think much of it. Tuesday morning, woke up. Uh, that was the day we were flying out. Throat was even worse. But you know those things where you think, put it to the back of your mind, think positive, yep. all of those yep. types of things. And I was like, I reckon I positive to- thinking's overrated, actually. <laughs> oh, look, I. I tried so hard and I just kept putting out of my mind, you know, we've got the flight, it'll be fine, you know, and so got on the plane, 
flight was fine. You, know, you, you sleep as well as you do on, on plane flights, I suppose, when your total travel time is like 21 and a half hours. Such a long way, isn't it? Yep. Oh, my gosh, such a long way. So went from Sydney to L.A., uh, was in L.A. airport for about three hours, uh, I think two and a half hours of that was standing in the queue that you have to go through. Uh, I'm assuming it's immigration. Uh, That was just horrendous. Uh, And then jumped on the flight from L.A. to New York. Throat was getting even worse and I just kept saying, it'll be fine like it will actually be fine and uh i had with me some neurofen and some i bought some um, strepsils throat lozenges at the airport and i had eaten an entire box of strepsils over that 21 and a half hour flight and i'd gone through the entire box of neurofen <laughs> uh so things as you can imagine were looking looking quite good um and they went for dinner that night when we arrived, pretty tired, but thought, like, we've got to get some food into us, try to normalise things as much as possible, and sat down to dinner and we had went to a beautiful restaurant. Uh, we're staying, well, we are staying in the most amazing uh, hotel. We're staying at the New York Athletic Club. I'm not nice. sure if you've um, heard of it, but it is on 59th Street. I have. Street. That's, yeah. It's, it's Don, Draper's, um, uh, <laughs> yeah. John, Don Draper's gym, the New York Athletic Club, so um, I'm familiar oh, with that, being a big Madman fan. Yeah. It's, oh, the place is amazing. So it's right on 59th Street, you know, right across from the park, you know, one of the most you know, beautiful um, parts of Manhattan, and the facilities are just amazing as well, like swimming pools, gyms, spas, saunas, massage, all things yoga all at our disposal so feeling a bit spoiled feeling like I could have been a, a false elite athlete I suppose um using all of that so anyway went, went to dinner a beautiful restaurant up the road and um ordered some pasta and they brought out bread I'm a bit of a sucker for for bread and took one bite and I just thought oh my god my throat I actually thought I had razor blades in there Ugh. and I just was like this isn't good. <laughs> so anyway, again, trying to be positive and thought, well, I've just done you know, this massive flight, really fatigued, all the rest of it. Let's just get to bed. You'll wake up in the morning and you'll feel amazing. <sighs> so I had the worst night's sleep, tossing and turning, woke up a few times, taking more and more neurofen. Throat was just getting worse. Uh, woke up Wednesday morning, felt horrendous. Um, and we had a 30-minute jog uh, that we were going to do so we headed over to central park and i could barely run five minute 15 k's if i had had my heart rate on i hate to imagine what it was and i just i got i was pretty upset i was just like this sucks (laughs) of all weeks in the year after you know this is the one thing that i've been talking about for last year but then i thought no no no, it's still wednesday let's stay positive um Finished a 30-minute run, felt horrendous when we sat in a cafe whilst um, my husband and training partner, they were doing a bit of a longer run, sulking a bit to myself. Um, <laughs> they turned up and then we had another friend join us and he gave me this recommendation of like this amazing vitamin product that has oh, like yeah. every magical wonder pill, wonder vitamin um, under the sun in it. So... It was called Emergency. Apparently the air hostesses swear by it. So I went straight to the chemist. (laughs) I bought a box of them, uh, another box of throat lozenges because I'd already then finished um, another one that I'd bought and another box of Neurofen. And I lived on that for the day. And I think the worst thing was I'd lost my appetite because – Every time I went to swallow, it just my throat was on fire. Um, so I was starting to get a bit worried too because I just I really wasn't fueling that much. You know, when you're sick, you just just mm. don't feel like doing much anyway. You don't feel like eating much. So anyway, suffered through the Wednesday. Uh, Thursday turned up. Thursday was even worse. <laughs> so pretty much bedridden on Thursday. Is that right? Yep. Yep. So did uh, did nothing. Um, continued to take copious amounts of anything I kept my hands on. I, I had this joke that if you shook me, I would actually sound like a maraca because I had all I had going through my body. Um, 
And then Thursday was blue. I don't even remember it. And then Friday morning woke up just lathered in sweat. The fever had hit and uh, husband and I got up to go and get a coffee. I was sitting in a coffee shop and there were tears. <laughs> oh, no. I was in the coffee shop and I'm like, I've come all this way. I can't even run. We're not going to be able to make it. <laughs> uh, I, like, oh, I actually, no. honestly, I did not think I was going to get to the finish line. I just... Couldn't even imagine. I didn't think it. you were going to get to the start line when you were texting me during the week. I was sort of yeah. saying, yeah, maybe, maybe it's better if you don't run. Oh, I was just feeling awful, and I was sitting in this coffee shop thinking, you know, the walk to this coffee shop was uh, just over a k, and I thought, like, I was drenched in sweat. Like, I had a long sleeve top on, <laughs> I was just drenched, and I thought, how the hell am I going to run or even walk forty two k's? I can't even walk a kilometre down the road. So Friday, I think I was just, Friday morning, I was just probably at my worst. It was a massive poor me moment, you know, like when you <laughs> you forget about there's a lot of other worse things in the world happening and you're in your own little bubble. Yep. Um, and then met up with a bunch of Aussies. Adam Diddick um, put out a, uh, sent, a, sent a text to say that a bunch of Aussies are meeting for a run in the park and I'll be honest, it was the absolute last thing I felt like doing I just wanted to curl up in a ball and just cry and wallow in my misery <laughs> um I thought oh come on Lisa pull yourself together like just go and say hello and and plot along so did that that was nice there was probably you know, maybe 10 to 15 Aussies um and we just did you know a very slow easy run through the park, you know, past the finish line, all of those sorts of things. It's, it's good that it doesn't matter where you go in the world, there's always a few Aussies to hang around uh, with. There's always a few Aussies. Um, and so that was nice. That sort of perked my spirits up a bit and then got home and um, or got back to the hotel. The husband said, do not leave the bed, just rest. Like, you know, you've had the fever now, it's got to start to turn the corner. So I literally, again, laid in bed all the Friday, watched some pretty terrible movies, but at the same time <laughs> they were quite amusing. <laughs> and I, I didn't do anything. I don't even, I think I might have left to go for dinner. And then finally late sort of late Friday night after dinner my half of my throat started to settle and I'd come to the realization that uh there are a lot bigger issues in this world than yeah. <laughs> little of me not being able to do this marathon so um got over myself by that stage <laughs> well so, done yeah I know you know I think we all have to go through those moments don't we when that one thing that's so important to us and no one else cares about but uh yeah. it's all not falling into plan so I, um, you know, I'd been keeping in contact with you, been keeping in contact with um, Coach as well, and he was just sort of saying, well, you need to reset all expectations, uh, just whatever will be will be. So anyway, I still wasn't really sure if I was going to even be able to make it through the distance on Friday, but then Saturday morning woke up and it was the first day since Monday that I actually felt like eating something, and so I thought... I finally turned the corner. Yeah. Um, just in time. Oh, God, just in time. And so Saturday I actually, you know, even from all travelling with, was like, wow, you finally got colour back in your face. Like I even felt, you know, when you're feeling yourself after you've been yeah. sick, like you're out of your, your haze of, I don't know, whatever that haze is. So when you're sick and you finally think, oh, I've rejoined the world again. Yeah. So, yeah, pretty um, – harsh build up to the race like how many how many k's did you run like in the last two and a half to three weeks did you oh, kind of add that up I, I would be surprised if you ran about 20 or 30 k's in that time or maybe oh, 40 I, no i think i did 18 in the last two weeks okay there you go yeah no i was just curious about that because you know yeah. you often hear people panicking about stuff going wrong at the end and you've run yeah. 18 oh, no. k's in the last two weeks yeah actually no i might have been sorry i take the back forgot about one of the runs so i think no i think i did 24 k's in the last two weeks okay um, still nothing really oh, nothing mm. like and i mean i was being ridden for, <laughs> half for of it. quite a few days yeah <laughs> um and i must have been all of that because i was feeling so average just the thought of all of that i didn't even i didn't think of it at all it was just you know, I just first of all, I need to make this throat feel better. Um, yep. 
eating food was just such a chore and I think if I didn't have the marathon I probably would have just lived on hot soup because it wouldn't have irritated my throat so much um there's a little coffee shop across the road from us actually that sold or sells hot lemon honey and ginger tea perfect and I'm not a fan of that and I was having maybe two or three of those a day every day uh I was literally trying anything so um but uh yeah anyway so Saturday as I said sort of came along and I just sort of said to myself, you are going to get to that finish line, like even if you walk at all, like whatever, just get there, enjoy it. Um, I think I'd sent you a message and I just said, you know, I'm just going to soak up the crowd, I'm going to wave to everyone and I'm going to make this an experience uh, because it really was not nothing else that I could do. So, um, yeah. Yeah, look well and truly over it. And then I started to get a bit more excited about it on Saturday after I'd sort of accepted my fate. <laughs> Excellent. Um, yeah, and so, you know, then we started doing the whole getting your outfit ready and all of that. So that was sort of fun too. Yep. Um, hey, what, what shoes did you end up running in? Oh, I wore the Adi Zeros. Yeah, okay. amazing. So the, yeah, the yeah. Adios, yep. Yes, yeah, yeah, the Adios, yeah. Adi Zeros. Uh, they're actually the only shoes I brought over in the end to just <laughs> stop any temptation of <laughs> uh, Late changes of shoes mind. at the 11th yeah, hour. Yeah. But, uh, um, good. Yeah, so. So race yeah, day. No, exactly. Um, but then probably the biggest thing I started to get worried about was because I had been so unwell, I hadn't been eating, I just thought, oh, my God, I've, I haven't fueled properly for this now. <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, anyway, I sort of got over that and went to bed Saturday night and, uh, I think all of us had a shocking sleep. Yep. That's pretty usual. (laughs) So, um, anyway, I woke up Sunday and was actually just really calm, really excited and thought, well, you know what, finally, finally gotten here. It's been a bucket list item of mine for pretty much ever. Um, and just to sort of finally be here was pretty exciting. And just the city itself, like ever, like there's posters everywhere and there's, you know, people have come in from all around the world and people are just talking, you know, are you doing the marathon? Good luck. Um, everyone's really welcoming and very engaging. So um, once you can sort of put aside that you're not going to, hit the time that you set out to do. Um, it's pretty fun to be around. Yeah, sounds good. So um, tell me about getting or race morning and getting to the start line because that sounded like that was going to be a bit of an adventure as well. Oh, gosh. So I'd, I'm not really sure that this is the race to do if you want it to be a PB. Like I know I'm saying it's PB but I've never done one before. Um, but, you know, if you were really – trying to shave a lot of time off your marathon time this is probably not the course to do it because it is like it is an ordeal but at the same time you know for us being here it's a bit of an adventure so we were up very early we had to meet downstairs um so the new york athletic club put on a pre-race breakfast and we met down at the uh, the wrestling and the judo room in the basement at 5.30 in the morning to a full spread of all things that I absolutely do not eat before I run, such as Excellent. pastries, danishes, croissants, wow. <laughs> bagels. Um, yeah, lots of people seem to eat them, but I certainly do not eat them. So uh, just grabbed a cup of coffee and we bought some gluten-free bread the night before and just made a jam sandwich. Um, oh, they had bananas and things, so that was pretty good. Uh, and then at 6 a.m., and mind you, the race started at 9.50 a.m., um, yep. 6 a.m., we were told the bus was leaving promptly, so we were all on the bus a bit before that, and then we had a police escort down to Staten Island, and I've never had a police escort in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So no. no interruptions getting to the start or to yeah. the um, to the ferry. <laughs> We didn't even get the ferry. We went straight to the start line. Oh, right. Okay. Well, straight, right. Yeah, yeah, straight yeah. to like the little start area. So um, pretty special that was and we were pretty lucky to have that. So we spoken to some other people who were over here who had definitely a lot more of an ordeal of buses and ferries and getting caught in traffic and, you know, taking them hours and hours to get there. 
um, we didn't experience that. So we felt, again, a bit of a – our bus even said elite athletes on it, so we had a bit of a laugh at that. <laughs> um, so got down there and, wow, like just the setup for this event makes anything that we have in Australia look uh, just, you know, like an amateur sort of school event. It, I can't even really describe it, I think, until you've been through it, just – you know, like they've they barricade the streets off with full on trucks, not just a few witches hats and <laughs> um, a couple of the you know those silver sort of fencing. It's like full on like three or four trucks deep um, to block off streets, and then yeah, wow, get there and you know the the security and the police and the army and the fire brigade and just greeted with yeah. You know, hundreds and hundreds of these officers fully in uniform and guns yep. and it was just like wow this is this full is on full on and just I, I bet there weren't any cars left parked on the course um oh no gosh no uh, gosh. From, at about 800 meters into the melbourne marathon there was a car left parked on the on the course and i thought oh, yeah I bet that wouldn't oh, happen no. in new york that would be towed away <laughs> nothing they were like police lined the streets of the course and uh, yeah look it's just it is i don't know whether i've set myself up for failure because i'm not sure whether anything will ever meet my expectations um again like this one has it's it really was amazing but we get we got there got off the bus um and then you you know you go through all your security and you you're given at the expo a um like the, a, a particular clear bag it's the only thing you're allowed to take in with you yeah anything else has to be left behind um i didn't even talk about the expo actually that was another level as well i've never seen anything like it it's just you know normally when i go to the expos i'll run in grab my number and you know, i'm out within 35 seconds but i think we're at the expo for about 3 hours it was pretty impressive but uh, anyway, sorry, I digress. Talking back about no, the no, race. that's all right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so by the time we got, so it took us an hour to get from the hotel to the little start area on Staten Island, yeah. and uh, so we were there at seven o'clock. So then we had nearly three hours to <laughs> just sort wow. of sit around and find something to do. So look, we got very lucky with the weather, um, and that was one of my biggest concerns this whole time was. Uh, how cold it was potentially going to be. Yep. And so what was weather, the weather like? It was phenomenal. There was not a breath of wind. Um, it was, I'm not going to say it was hot because it certainly wasn't, but the sun was out. It was still, it was the most beautiful, perfect conditions for running, I think, that you could have asked for. Yep. It was just nice amazing. One. Yeah, and the sun was out early, so we weren't particularly cold when we were standing around for our three hours. <laughs> um in our little areas so you go through security and then just then like I guess I'll call it the holding pen <laughs> where all of that the runners start you've got three different sections um and you go off to your section and then in each section you know we took food and water but they had all that there so for the runners there was like free water bottle coffee tea gatorade um oh, bananas beanies because it was so cold little hand warmers yeah nice. it was just crazy like we just the three hours went quite quickly because we were just so in awe of all this stuff and all the people watching was pretty fun too um no issue with the toilets there's something like 1700 toilets there so you know how normally you go to a fun run portaloo city oh, <laughs> literally literally portaloo city but you know how you go to a fun run and you think oh dear god i'm gonna have to line up for an hour just to yeah. you know for the three toilets i've got there there was every corner you turned there was another row of you know, 30 portaloos so um oh look the setup was amazing that they, they they absolutely know how to do it so yeah, like even though we're standing around for three hours, it went pretty quickly and yep. then you get shuffled into your little start area and um, I think then it finally hit me. It was like, oh, no, this is this is real. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, this was at about I think half past nine, you get shuffled into your little start area yep. and then you get walked out onto um, that iconic bridge, that starting bridge. I actually don't know what the name of the bridge is, to be honest. Yeah. Um, one that joins Staten Island across to, I think, goes to Brooklyn. And just standing there and, you know, you had the 
the national anthem playing and you had all of the police helicopters flying ahead and just the energy of everyone it was honestly amazing. Yep. So, mm. uh, yeah, I wasn't nervous at all. I was excited. Um, you saw, obviously, you saw a few Aussies at the start line. You can always pick them out, can't you? Always hear them. Yep, yep. <laughs> um, and then before you know it, like it, the cannon went and it was like, I've actually got to run 42.2 Ks now. <laughs> yeah, scary. Oh, so we were off and um, I actually had no race plan. Uh, I had had race plans before all of the ordeal of the week had happened and my new race plan was literally get to the finish line. So um, I didn't know what capacity that was going to be and I said to myself, well, I am – I'm just going to run at whatever pace feels comfortable for that moment in time. Um, yep. And that's exactly what I did. So, so talk I, uh, me through the first first 5K. I, I was tracking you on the app and I, I noticed that you, you actually went out at a pretty solid pace. Yeah, well, it was actually interesting. So I um, had spoken to my coach the night before and he you know, sent an email and he just sort of said, look, you know, you can't really do anything about what's happened and he just said look at probably about 15k um you know your body's pretty much going to fall apart so his suggestion was get water at every drink station walk at every drink station um and just you know anytime after that if you have to walk you know that's fine just get yourself healthy and basically don't bury yourself so that you don't do damage and so that all this fitness that you've gained you know you're not then on the sidelines for the next three months so yes yeah so I sort of had in my head all right I can I'll try and get to 15k and then we'll just see what happens but um the first k is uphill because you're climbing up this bridge but I don't I, I don't actually I can't describe how this works but we my husband and I were sort of at like the there was the professional men, I think, then the sub-elite men, and then it started in your sort of timed little groups. And um, we were both trying to outrun sub three. So we were like in the, the front little um, holding pen behind the sort of the pros. But then like this other group sort of got put in front of us um, and then the gun went and it was actually carnage. There right. were people, I'm not kidding you, within the first kilometres stopping in the middle of this bridge, turning around to take a selfie. Oh, no. <laughs> and it's just like, are you serious? You have got 50,000 people behind you. Get yep. out of the way or start at black in the walkers section, you know, an hour later. Yep. So I probably saw a couple of people doing that. There would have been half a dozen people walking in that first kilometre and just people who would have been running seven-minute kilometres and I'm like, how and why are you at the front? <laughs> sounds sounds like the VIP section. I reckon they offered that at the Melbourne yeah. Marathon the year I was a VIP runner there, paying an extra hundred dollars. Yeah, it had to have been. And I don't know whose idea that was. It is so dangerous and so stupid. Um, I, I just it gave me the shits to be perfectly honest with you. Just <laughs> dodging and weaving yep. past. And so my first kilometre was five minutes. And yep. I could not have gone a step quicker. And I probably ran a kilometre, but not actually in a straight line. It would have been zigzagging, dodging around people. Um, oh, look, really, really silly and, and really quite dangerous. But anyway. Warm up, Kay. Well, it actually was. It was probably like a silver lining in the end because I, I, I didn't actually talk about my warm up. My warm up was there was no warm up because there were yep. so many people in this holding pen. Yep. I attempted to do a jog and you could jog for about 10 metres. <laughs> so I think, I think I did three jogs and I was like, this is dumb. <laughs> just yeah. just stopped and did a little bit of stretching. Running um, in place or, or some squats or something would be about all you could do. Yeah, and so that's really that's what I did. I did a couple of um, like single leg squats. Uh, it, there was no space to do any running. So um, that was pretty much my warm-up, 1K warm-up. And then you came down off the bridge and it was quite a long down and then into Brooklyn. So I think I looked at my watch for my third K and it said 3.58. And I was like, yeah. okay. Speedy. <laughs> and so we'll, we'll roll with that. Um, and I actually felt 
amazing. Like I, my breathing wasn't up, my legs felt fine. I actually don't even remember the first 5K. It just it was over like that. Um, it went so quickly and then, as I said to you before, that my plan was just to enjoy the whole thing. So I sort of moved out so I could see the crowd, like wave to them, high-five people, read their signs, um, and really just take in all the scenery. Yep, so, definitely helps. Oh, it really helps and I just – it was it was it was really good. So I did that for the first. Oh, I did that the whole way. But um, when I hit ten k's, uh, the that's actually when my body started to shut down. So <laughs> it was really early on the race, and I started to get. I don't know if you ever had this before, but last year when I was quite unwell, um, and whenever I started to exercise, my quads would start to tingle and then my hips would tingle and lock up. And it's just sort of my, my body's way of saying, you know, we're, we're not well, like you've, you're putting us into stress sort of thing. I reckon the quads must be a bit of a litmus test for that because, yeah, it was my quads that went, went first um, in the Melbourne Marathon just just gone when I had my shocker. Yeah, they sort of went yeah. within the first 5K. So Yeah, yeah. literally. So that, that tingling happened at um, 10Ks and I must admit I started to laugh to myself and I said, oh, my coach has lied to me. He said I'd make 15K. <laughs> I've only made 10. <laughs> oh, so, um, so you got to 10K and by my reckoning you were still probably on, what, 303 or 304 pace at that stage, I reckon? Yeah, I think so. I think I'd run at about, I think I, I, think I ran through 10K in about 43 minutes. Yeah. So um, I think sub three was a 4140. Yep. So you know, I was a minute 20 off that um, and, I, and I'd sort of, I wasn't, I, I knew what time I needed to get to 10K to get to sub three, but past that I really had no idea. Um, but I was still feeling pretty good even though my legs started to tingle and then I said to myself, well, just just keep seeing what you tick your Ks out at. Um, so then I went through the next five and, again, was still feeling quite good. I actually think I had a few sort of four tens. Uh, minute k's in there um and i got to the 15k and i thought okay this is where the coach said that i was going to fall apart and i was like oh, quads are still tingling but you know breathing still fine feeling great still enjoying the crowds um i was making sure that i was taking on fluid at every station which yep. isn't something that i would normally do i don't always feel like I need it but under these circumstances I definitely felt that I needed to <laughs> take something on um, but it was amazing there was an aid station I think it'd have to have been every two and a half k's yeah uh, which was fantastic and they had both Gatorade and water um, I actually took on mostly Gatorade um, then I did water and when I say you take it on you, I usually have a sip so yeah yeah, you're not, you're not exactly standing there and slamming no. back a, a litre of water. <laughs> um, so, and then I sort of made it through the next um, 5Ks and got to halfway and I was actually pleasantly surprised. I think I got through halfway in, I think it was a 91.42 was my halfway. Yep, yep. I was and just I looking at that. Yeah, you're motoring. So you're still sub 304 at that point. Yeah, and I, I, I got to it and I looked at it and I actually said to myself, maybe miracles do happen. <laughs> yeah. And I thought I'm still feeling pretty good and you know, everyone had spoken about this crazy bridge that was really, really steep that sort of came at around 25Ks. Yep. And I thought, yep. well, let's just assess how I'm feeling after that. Um, and I got to that bridge and I quite like running hills, so I wasn't too afraid of it. Um, got up that bridge, actually had, it was a slow K. I think it was a five minute K for me, um, because it was steep and it was a long climb, but I was just passing people left, right and center. And I thought, how good is this? <laughs> yeah, pretty much everyone I was tracking had a slow um, 5k split between 20 and 25k. So that must've been yeah. that steep bridge. Yeah. Steep bridge. It just, it went for it did go for a while and there were so many people that were walking up it. But I will tell you, not only were the crowds great, but the, like the people in the race and you never, you were never alone. Like maybe the elites would probably found themselves on the alone, but you know, me and that sort of three to three hour 15 
group, there was hundreds of people around me um, mm. and it was amazing. So people stopping and walking on the bridge and everyone's so full of energy saying, come on, you're nearly at the top, like keep going. I don't think anyone in an Australian race would ever, ever say that. Uh, yeah. So that was, that was pretty, not that they were telling me to um, keep walking, keep running, but I thought that was pretty nice. Um, anyway, came off that bridge. It was really a long downhill then. And then I hit 28 Ks and um, I, I think my 28th K was, I think it was a 4.19. And I thought. Still going really I'm well. Like, I am killing this. Like, my, yeah, my quads are tingling, but I'm feeling amazing. Um, and then we hit First Avenue and, like, people kept talking about how steep the bridges were. You need to forget about the steep bridges because they're over in a second and, yes, you get the up, but then you get, like, the down that sort of counteracts it. These long, bloody inclines of those streets that just don't stop, they are the devil. <laughs> yeah. That First Avenue, like, because you can just see it going for kilometres and you just see a yeah. sea of people ahead of you and it looks like a mirage of just straight uphill. In fact, I don't think it was a mirage. It was real. It actually was straight uphill. And I hit 30Ks and my legs just said, uh-uh, no more. You are, you are done. <laughs> and that's when I was like, oh, damn it. I had a good run. Good on you. Let's focus back on the crowd. So um, that's what I did. I uh, danced to a few of the songs that were um, being played, you know, every town there was, or every um, suburb there was a new, uh, there was a band playing or a DJ. Um, and then I think I sort of started to run about 4.30s at that stage. Um, Still going myself. really well. Yeah, and that's what I thought. I thought, oh, you know what, like this is fine. Like, again, breathing's fine. Um, I think I thought at that stage I could probably run maybe a sub 310. Yep. Um, still feeling pretty comfortable. And then we came out of, oh, I think it might have been Harlem. There was another sort of steep bridge there and then you head onto the side of the park which, again, was just more uphill climbing and all of a sudden my knee went and yep. I just, at that point, I just thought it's all over now. <laughs> curse, curse of the ITB syndrome. Oh, the curse of the ITB. And, look, yeah, you know, I think having the week of being sick, um, I dare say that with my like body and my quads tingling so early, my form probably wasn't that good. Yeah. Even though I probably felt okay, I, I, I dare say that it was great. Um, but, yeah, the knee went at 36 Ks and I just said to myself, I said, it's, you're, just, you're probably going to have to walk now. Um, and I sort of stepped out onto the side and I had like a split second where I was about to walk and I just had this real stern talking to myself going, no, like, if you walk, and I started to do the maths, and I said, right, you're at 36 k's, you've got 6 k's to go, 10 minutes, that's an hour. You're going yeah. to be out here forever. <laughs> I know that feeling. <laughs> uh, and I just thought, no, but if you do 6-minute k's of just yeah. shuffling, that's only 36 minutes. Like, that's that's tolerable. And I just thought, that's what we're going with. We're going with the shuffle. <laughs> oh, that's good. And I'm sure if someone had a video of me running along there, it would not have looked like I was running at all. Like I said, I could barely lift my legs off the ground. <laughs> you managed you managed nine minute miling from thirty five to forty k, so you kept oh, moving. Well, I like I did. It was honestly, and then I had to break the race down into one kilometre sections because anything more than that was actually too painful for me to bear. Like even you know you've just run thirty six k's, but I thought. I actually can't physically think that it's six more Ks. I just have to think it's one more K and then one more K. So it really became, yeah, I guess it's a mind game, isn't it? Yeah. Like how do you get yourself to the finish? And um, the, the crowds around the park were amazing and I had my name on my T-shirt and yeah. like every 
person was cheering for me, like, go, Lisa. And so I yeah. waved to them all and I was like, yeah, you can do this. It so helps. Like I've, I strongly oh. recommend to people to get your entry in on time so you can get your name on your um, on your bib because, yeah, when yeah. people call out your name, it really helps you. Yeah, and I had a little Australian flag on my um, – on my singlet as well. And so people are like, go Lisa from Australia. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. And so, you know, I guess taking the focus from how sore my knee was to that, um, like it really, really helped, you know, that I've sort of given up hope. I I couldn't do anything about trying to, I couldn't pass anyone. I was, people were passing me left, right and centre. But I didn't care at that stage. I actually didn't even care about the time. I just thought, you know, after everything that's happened this last week, you've made it this far. You are not stopping. Yeah. <laughs> and you didn't. Uh, and so I t- didn't. So tell me about between 40 kilometres to the finish because it looks like you rallied again and like sped up. Um, so how, did, how did you manage actually, that? Do you know, I by that stage it was funny. So we actually ran past where we were staying by then and I became quite familiar as to where we were yeah. um, and I'd sort of, gotten I don't know if this is a thing but I felt like I'd gotten beyond the point of pain like I was in so much pain I couldn't feel the pain (laughs) right okay (laughs) I don't think I've ever been to that place because I'm not mentally tough enough (laughs) and I was just I was just quite numb like again my breathing was fine I was totally conscious to everything that was going around I was super aware of the crowds and the people and what have you but from like the hips down it was just I had no feeling and um I don't know I just I guess I just kept keeping on (laughs) yeah yeah you you went from 902 miling to 809 miling so you really sped up in that last bit yeah yeah at least that's what the app's telling me no well I look and look the crowds got even bigger then and I was sort of you know nearly finished and I um just I desperately wanted to get to the finish line and I must admit I in my head I'd actually broken the race down that it was a 40 kilometer race and the 2k was hustle and just get to that damn finish line so it's not um, a bad way to think about it yeah I like by that stage because my original race plan was um sit behind the three-hour pacer to halfway so get there in you know 90-91 minutes stick with them or get back up with them until 30Ks and then I would race a 2 by 5 k and then just hustle my way to the finish. Yep. So whilst that didn't play out, the last 2Ks was pretty much still like that. Um, and, again, there was just so many people and then you hit into the park and then you had all the, all the, all the country flags and they had all these amazing, I think I put up a photo on our Instagram actually of the little, um, I don't know what you call them, like, Oh, like these things that said how, how long you had to go. So there was like 800 metres, like oh, 400 yeah, yeah. metres, these big sort of stands. And I don't know, I think I just had this huge smile on my face and I thought I have done it. Um, and I've just forgotten about all the pain by that stage. I, I could not have really gone any quicker. <laughs> um, and the, like the finishing part was honestly amazing and I must admit it was probably great of being quite conscious is I just really took it all in just like the thousands of people um and then I crossed that finish line and I must admit I was pretty stoked like I was really happy I thought god after the you know two days ago I honestly was in a state of I can't even make it to the start line and you know then I've just run a 314 so um yeah I was I was wrapped actually I was starving when I finished I was so hungry and I actually pulled up fine. Like, you know, people obviously collapsing my front and centre and I was good. I um, got given like this silver shiny thing to keep you warm. They wrapped that around you straight away. They kept you walking and they gave you this amazing finishing bag that had like water and apples and power bars and Gatorade and a bag of pretzels and the pretzels are the best finishing thing ever. That salt on those crunchy little... Oh, things of goodness. I've demolished the whole packet, I reckon. In- <laughs> Anything missing was a can of beer. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't like beer, but I'm sure a lot of people would. Um, so, yeah, and then I was just like got my medal and I was genuinely just really proud of myself for digging myself out of my woe is me, poor me hole to 
actually getting there, finishing, having a respectable time, um, and yes, yeah, now can call myself a marathoner. You certainly can. And do you think, um, like in some ways, except from what you've described, it sounds like you had like let go of the attachment to the outcome before the race. And do you think that really sort of helped you to just kind of float your way through it a bit more without sort of extra oh, stress? Yeah. Absolutely, yeah, 100%. And um, afterwards, so uh, my husband, Freak, ended up running 301. Yeah, um, well, amazing. Let's just yeah. pause for a second acknowledge that because <laughs> 301, and when I was tracking him on the app as well, and at one stage yeah. I think he was on 255, so he was flying. Flying. Um, but, yeah, hit, I think, 35 or 36K. He found and the wall. <laughs> the wall got him. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So he had to walk jog the last um, six Ks. Uh, he was just absolutely shattered. So, um, yeah, but 301, like amazing yeah, on that incredible. course. Um, yeah. And do you know what? Like I know people say that it's not a fast course. Well, it, it really isn't. It is. It's tough. Mm. Like it is a really tough course. You know, like the crowds are phenomenal and the way that they set it up. Um makes up for, for how tough it is but it's as I said it's not so much those bridges but there are so many climbs like just really long long grinding climbs and yeah they, they just wear, they wear you down really yeah yeah you don't um, need don't need hills in a marathon it's hard enough no, without them. and I think um like a lot of those sharp downhills like I don't really train on downhills to be honest you know you do a lot of uphill reps and you do a lot of your, like flat running but that, that took a lot out of me the those yeah. sharp downhills and there was lots of them right so um yeah so that was quite tough but uh yeah anyway everyone in my training group and then my training partner she ran 315 a 15 minute pb yeah she was amazing I, tra- I tracked her on the app as well she was very strong towards the end yeah so uh so they all had um really good runs but uh yeah so look overall you know uh, honestly it's got to you have to go and do it if you love um you know, you're running and just atmosphere and, you know, maybe don't go there, as I said, hoping to run the world's biggest PB unless you, you know, you've, you started off running a six-hour marathon and now you've mm. done lots of training and you're probably a three-hour marathoner um, because it's a tough course. But just for the atmosphere and the environment, uh, I've never seen it anywhere else, anywhere in the world. So did you have any epiphanies um, either towards the end or afterwards? Yes. Yes. In that my next marathon attempt is going to be very soon (laughs) or not very soon. Um, I'm going to do Gold Coast in July next year. Um, Mm -hmm. And I'm going to do more strength training. Yeah. Yeah, they're probably the two – biggest things flat um, marathon plus strength training there you go. yeah and i can train through the summer because i love the heat uh, mm-hmm. i think it'll suit me quite well <laughs> um but interesting thing i think I, I said to you yesterday that all in all my total average uh sort of weekly kilometers ended up being 64 kilometers i don't know what that works out in miles but that are lucky to be to be like 40 miles yeah, probably 40 something miles yeah yeah um, so when I saw that stat too, because I think I'd forgotten that I guess I'd had that, um, what I thought was, a uh, shin splints where I rolled my ankle. Like I had sort of two weeks of only doing 40, 50 Ks on that too. So, um, I, I think there is a lot more left. In fact, I know there is, that's probably my biggest yeah. epiphany is that, yeah. uh, I, I think it's something that I will enjoy doing and I think I've got a lot lot more to give yeah i think you do as well i've i think i've made the comment that you are kind of like lungs on legs like, <laughs> I think for the long stuff i think you're really quite suited to it mm. so um and also just the actual training like the long run certainly were tough just because i've never done that before but the actual sessions and things that i was doing like my body Gen, like genuinely really enjoyed slowing down that pace maybe doing a few few more reps of things but just that gentler pace and my amazing physio that I go and see I went and saw a couple of times to try and sort out this ITV beforehand she just said to me yeah I think your body's 
pretty suited to this marathon type training, which yeah, was her polite great. way of sort of saying, stop smashing yourself yeah. <laughs> and slow down. I, th- I think next time you go and see your amazing physio, you should take a microphone and um, yeah. record her treating you and putting, you, yeah. putting your hips back and all of that kind of stuff. I think that would be quite interesting. Yeah, yeah. No, well, I'll ask her. Um, but, yeah, so like I, I think also, I mean, you had mentioned because obviously your marathon didn't plan out how you had thought it yeah. would as well, but just yes it is one part of this whole process um and i guess if you get so hung up on that one thing then you're probably not going to enjoy them that much but i genuinely enjoyed the whole like process of it the training um getting ready for the event um doing all the the long runs and having people to do it with i enjoyed um yeah i thought it was good yep Excellent. And speaking of your body, should yeah, we do a bit of a stock take of um, what what's sore, broken, <laughs> etc.? Oh, well, do you know the only – I've got two parts of me that are so sore and I actually can't even walk properly. My quads are just ruined. I tr- watching me attempt to sit down or stand up is actually quite funny. Um, crab walking uh, downstairs. <laughs> I am actually, I'm honestly, I'm crab walking downstairs. I, I'm i either holding onto the railing and, you know, when you're like you're a little kid and you used to like swing down multiple stairs because like, you thought it was yep. fun. Yep. Now I'm doing it out of necessity. <laughs> uh, or I'm crab walking, walking up the stairs. I'm actually using two hands and pulling myself up yep. because I cannot put any pressure on these quads i've never felt anything like it yep (laughs) pretty ruinous oh shocking and then my knees especially my right one like my usual itb but then on the inside oh it's actually last night when i was lying in bed the only time i woke up i wanted to change position but i actually couldn't feel my legs like they just felt as though that they were detached from my body. I physically had to get my hands <laughs> and lift my legs into the new positions. Right. <laughs> change. I couldn't move them. Uh, so they mm. are the two sorest part. My, my feet and my calves don't hurt at all. Yeah, it's really odd. I actually had thought that um, you know, given the light shoes and that distance, I'd have pretty ruined calves. But mm. you know, I think because I probably didn't run how I normally would run, especially sort of hitting 30Ks and then 36Ks. I had the world's tiniest step. I wasn't really on my usual long stride up on the toes. Um, I think my calves are probably saved a little bit. Yep, yep. And, yeah, I think that all those downhills you described would have contributed to ruining uh, your quads. Quads. I don't, I've been in the spa once today. I'm going to go down again once we, once we get off recording. Yeah. Uh, I, this morning, you should have seen that the, um, there's four of us staying here, but three of us went down to the spa, and it was actually quite comical. We don't even need to be wearing any paraphernalia that we did the marathon. You can just look at us. That's right. And everyone's like, you guys did the marathon. Like, uh-huh. <laughs> Oh, dear. But um, actually, one thing I will say, which was quite fun, so at the New York Athletic Club, after the race uh, in one of the rooms, they call it the tap room, it's like where they, the bar, they open it up to members and anyone sort of staying here that had done the marathon. And normally there's two entrances. There's a front entrance that you're allowed in if you're wearing proper dress code which is you know dress shoes and a suit or heels or thing otherwise if you're in anything even denim or street shoes you've got to go around the back but if you've done the marathon you can walk in your medal your giant poncho and whatever you're wearing front entrance like everyone stops and claps for you yeah great and then you go up to um this level two on the tap room and you walk in the place is packed um and they stop you at the door and they say you know what's your name what's your time and i'll announce it on this microphone Ah, fantastic for like a moment you feel like this celebrity because everyone's just screaming cheering for you (laughs) um it was quite nice because we walked in there was a few people you know like four hours four hours 30 and then we rocked up you know feeling pretty special when we got to say that we were like three hours 315 <laughs> yeah amazing um so that look that was fun they're like just the energy in the city for the marathon i think they're very proud of their marathon and so they should be they do it yep. very very well 
it sounds like it's lived up to all of the hype about the experience. So that, oh, that's great. Look, yeah, look, it, it really has. So uh, I think you need to put that on your bucket list. <laughs> and um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, get over here one day and, and give it a go. I'm not sure it's compatible with my um, doing my Melbourne marathons in a row. I'd have to make my Melbourne marathon oh, a, a actually, final training run. I'm glad you mentioned that. So as I was running along, uh, I think it was probably at about maybe K. 17-ish, there was a guy in front of me and I read his the back of his shirt and then I noticed he actually was wearing a Knox Athletics Club singlet. Oh, fantastic. It said, Melbourne Marathon Spartan, 15 years in a row. Oh, wow, there you go. And I ran with him up until about maybe the 30-odd K mark where I fell apart and he just, he was strong. So I uh, I wished I'd have asked his name actually. Um, Yeah. I don't know what time he went on to do, but uh, yeah, he was he was strong. He was definitely a Spartan. I thought of you when I when I saw <laughs> that. <laughs> Something to aspire to. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. All right. So, you, what about your recovery plan? What are, what are you thinking about? How long is it going to take you to um, kind of get over this experience? Yeah. So mentally, I'm like I'm definitely feeling fantastic uh physically i am probably gonna take four weeks yeah uh and i we're over here we're continuing our holiday on for another two weeks my runners i don't actually don't even know where they are i've thrown them somewhere and they're gonna stay wherever they are (laughs) um i yeah if i can be bothered i'll do some stretching um and some yoga but yeah i'm not planning on doing anything for at least four weeks um i'm probably going to hit the gym and do some yoga for the next yep. so, so towards the, the rest of this year mm-hmm. um and then we're actually heading away over christmas on a gosh i sound like i'm always on holidays but uh, for another two weeks to byron bay and uh calling it my byron bay training camp i think that's right. when i'm going to get back into things so start your base building um, again yeah, yeah, look, absolutely. So, you know, I've got to be pretty careful of these knees um, yeah. and there's no point jumping back into anything. So I just, I'd like to work on some strength. Yeah, excellent. Well, I've got... But, um, uh, look, I tell you what, um, one thing I definitely, you asked me about epiphanies before, this one definitely came into my mind is just there is no shortcut to a marathon. Like no. I totally get why people you know, who've done year on year or get up to their fifth, sixth or seventh marathon that finally have a 30 minute or 20 minute pb like it's literally just getting stronger yeah and figuring out the best way to prepare and race it for Mm, you as an individual i think is probably part of the um part of the process because yeah i I feel like both of us have got a lot still to learn about um how to prepare ourselves so our bodies and minds are in the best possible shape before the race and and then yeah, yeah then executing on the day yeah, look, I think I'm a bit addicted now, actually. Like I mm-hmm. just, it's, it is literally a whole other world and a whole beast of its own. I can, I can see how people, you know, we've met people here that are like, oh, I've done 50 marathons and wow. you know, the people in the back of their um, singlets had you know, 26 New York marathons in a row. I just thought, wow, I'm not sure I could ever do that, but uh, I, could, I could see the addiction <laughs> and how it would grow on you. Yep. Mm, fantastic. Well, I've got... Um Kevin, the physio, lined up for Thursday this week to have um, a bit more in-depth chat about ITB syndrome and the latest and greatest um, research and treatment from a physiotherapy perspective. So I'll I'll ask him about you. (laughs) Post-marathon ITB treatment, please. Yes, exactly. What should should Lisa be doing and what should Mm. Brian be doing to make sure that we um, get on top of our ITB issues into the future? Um, and I'll get him, see if I can find out some general advice for him about what he suggests in terms of, um, marathon recovery and, um, rehab as well. So, um, I think that'll be pretty interesting. Perfect. Hmm. Well, I better let you go so you can go and jump back into the spa and nurse your aching body. Um, I will. I'm, I love, I'm actually addicted to this spa. I may not actually ever come home. I just become a permanent resident. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. Well, oh, um, gosh. we haven't got a we haven't got a bath at home, so um, I'm probably going to be in protest. Just stay that's, here. That's right. <laughs> Back to the harsh reality of putting my foot in a bucket. <laughs> yeah. Well, congratulations again. An amazing achievement, especially considering the um, adversity 
in the last few weeks, yeah. and especially in that last week when you were you were bedridden. Um, yeah, very impressed that you managed to arise from your sick bed and um, run a sub three fifteen marathon. Um, even my brother was impressed, and he's hard to impress. <laughs> Oh, good. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate that. You wait, Gold Coast. I'm planning on shaving off some significant minutes off this time. Look out. All right. Look forward to that. You have been listening to the Running Technique Tips podcast with Brian Martin and Lisa Biffin. We'll be speaking to you again very soon.